So you, you are a chiropractor by trade. And yes. I love chiropractors. There are people who are healers. And I am a firm believer that everyone should be in the chiropractic care. Um, oh, okay. Of course. Wouldn't you? Yogi. Yogi. Hold on. Wow. This is going to be the best interview ever. <laughs> this is very organic. Welcome to Nakata the Confidence Podcast a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you've stumbled into our casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Welcome to Casa de Confidence with your host, Julie DeLuca Collins, and me, Daniel Cito Collins. What do I do around here? You're the producer, make it happen kind of guy, which I love you for that. (laughs) (laughs) So you are just like this bottle of wine I have in my hand, El Jefe Grande. I am El Jefe Grande. This is a Tempranillo. It's unoaked. It was a little different. I like the oaked ones. I know you like the oaked, but... But uh, I'm totally... And ever since we went on the Camino, mm-hmm. I've been into Spanish wine, but I'm having a a resurgence in my enjoyment of a Spanish red wine, especially uh-huh. from the Rioja. Do you know what I was looking at last night while you slept? What? I was looking to see if there were any albergues in Spain for sale that oh. we could buy and go run. And then I thought, well, I actually found one. I didn't tell you this morning, but I found one for sale at a reasonable price. However, the house is 130 years old and it's huge, right? And then Wait as I was looking Does, at pictures- Do all of our listeners know what an albergue in oh, why Spain don't is? don't you tell our listeners what an albergue in Spain is? So we went on the Camino de Santiago um, two years ago, right? And Julie did it a year previous also. And for all those that don't know, I mean, Julie's spoken about it a lot, but for new listeners, it's a, it's a pilgrimage or a hike across Spain, mm-hmm. and you actually stop where, where you're ready. Every town has what they call albergues. Albergues are like yeah, a hostel, like a hostel, except only for pilgrims. Only only for people who are doing this hike. And you so. have to if you you are making this pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela, which is the town where this apostle James is uh, buried. 
or rumored to be buried, whoever, you know, wherever your belief system goes. And you are a pilgrim like he was. Mm -hmm. So you have to have pilgrim credentials. You have to have your pilgrim passport that gets stamped. At at, every stop. At every stop where you, you know, you can have restaurants, but you have to have your entire pilgrim passport signed. I think your credentials only have to be stamped in like the last hundred kilometers or something. Yeah, but most pilgrims, listen, if you're walking seven, kilometers you're going to want every single freaking stamp on it most people start in france and end up on the coast of spain if they're doing the french camino which is a northern it's called the french way you can do the northern uh Mm -hmm. road or you can do the the camino del uh, camino sur Sur. you can also do the portuguese route i just spoke spanish better than you for a second oh look at you oh my gosh there you go anyway good for you so everyone knows what we're talking about now so what were you saying so yeah, so I found this albergue that we could buy for 190,000 euros. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a house that it's a guest house that, you know, people, because you can, you don't have to stay at a hostel. You can stay at a guest house or little hotels mm. um, and get your pilgrim thing stamped. And yeah, you, so it's, it's $189,000 or something like that, or really? euros rather. Why are we still here? I don't know. Why are we here? Well, first of all, we are North Americans. We are from the United States of America, so we're not allowed into the country. That's right. We're not allowed into the Because of COVID-19. And, oh, you can't go anywhere either because your passports expire. So I I guess I'm on my own. I can fix that. Oh, please. There's been no reason to. I guess we should do it now. How is it that I am married to someone whose passport has expired? Well, it just expired, right? Look. Okay. We're going to take a trip as soon as we can. So, hey, Julie, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking a La Croix, La Croix, however you want to call it. I never said anything. Wait, I didn't finish talking about the house. The oh, albergue okay. for sale was 130 years old, mm. and it looked beautiful, except it's practically there were new some in Spain. rooms that you, like, I was scrolling through the last of the pictures, and they were stoned-faced rooms, and they were in the basement, and they look creepy, and surely they are haunted. So oh. I said, no, thank you. But go ahead. Okay. That's all I got. That's all you got. I'm drinking LaCroix. It's a coconut-flavored LaCroix. I'm drinking this coffee. You're drinking this? We're not drinking wine. We drank that bottle of wine last night. I really wanted to finish it, but I had a glass of it last night, and then Julie refilled me, and I fell asleep on the couch, and then my glass was there. I was like, oh, you refilled my wine, but I don't want it. So I went to bed, and the glass got finished. Then Julie (laughs) realized that I had a glass. Now, this El Jefe Grande is actually (laughs) um, a one-liter bottle. Yes. Are you implying that I drank a one liter bottle of wine by myself? Minus a glass. No, you drank more than a glass. Thank you. There was half a bottle left after I poured our first. Not half a bottle left. You had three quarters of that bottle. I did not. Well, whatever. Hey, enjoy yourself. How much wine did we drink in Spain? Holy oh, moly. That's a lot of wine in Spain. Part that's of it. Part you of walk, the charm of you the walk to, You walk 20 kilometers, eat a couple bocadillas and a couple bottles of wine at the end of the at day. At the end of the day, you're having, you listen, you can, you can have a dinner that includes an appetizer, a salad, a full-fledged meal, dessert, and it includes all-you-can-drink wine. Highly recommended. And it's normally like 12 euros. And you're sleeping for 10 euros. So for 22 euros a day, you can see all of Spain. 
but your feet have got to carry you. Hmm. Hmm. So should we talk about DIY today? Yeah, we're in the middle of two DIY projects. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. What is that? So last Sunday, I decided that I was going to chalk paint our dining room What do you mean table. projects? What? I wanted to talk about me. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Talk about you, Dan. Let's make it about, about you. me. Go well, ahead, we Dan. were talking DIY. Isn't that all about me? It's do it yourself. Oh, I thought it was DeLuca's Intelligent Yeti. Are you my intelligent yeti? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. That was a long way for a dumb joke, it and you didn't even dumb. laugh. No, I didn't laugh. Dumb joke. You didn't I, laugh. What did we talk about? Dumb humor. Oh. Did you forget? Hmm. Guess we're going to have to edit that out. You don't have to edit it. People can no. actually see. You know, I bet you everyone laughed at my Yeti joke. I'm sure they did. Well, you got to see me. They love you. I'm, I'm big, hairy, six foot six, 300 pounds. Oh, I get it now. Yeti. Like, oh, I, th- I thought you meant Yeti, <laughs> like the coolers. <laughs> <laughs> DeLuca's intelligent Yeti. That's why I didn't get it. I'm like, why is he talking about these freaking things? Like, who, who, what's, what's a Yeti? Like, I have an intelligent cooler. Oh, my gosh. Yet another joke. Fish on the line. Got to play with DeLuca just a little bit before she gets it. Give it a little tug and the laugh comes out of her mouth. That's clever, Dan. <laughs> you keep me entertained. Uh, Listen, I'm anyway, not. So we. Actually, okay, we ahead. have a great guest today, and I know we want to talk about the DIY stuff. Yeah, you can actually go to my Instagram if you want to see what we're up to. I yeah, just decided we're finishing Dan the tables took and over stuff. the dining room project, and he snatched it out of oh. my hand after he said he wasn't going to do yeah, it. She inspired And I shouldn't me. do it. No, it didn't inspire her. He just felt like he could do it better than I. That's not what I was doing. Okay. You got to me when you said it was my childhood table, and I want to add—I wanted to add my touch to it also. It sounds like you just wanted to do it yourself because you weren't sure I am, was doing it right. I, no, it's not true. I'm, okay. I am giving you full, hmm. full ban, full what is that? Breadth, full authorship over the coffee table. Yeah, I, I evolved to the coffee table because I decided the coffee table was I said, scratching a couple places. I said, go nuts, buttercup. Because he doesn't like the coffee table. Who doesn't I don't, like coffee tables? I, all right. Our living room, I, I love an open middle of the room in the living room. She likes to have a coffee table I there. like to have a coffee table. I just table. love being able to walk into a room. Without something in the middle. I just like it open. Who doesn't have a coffee table in their living room? Please, tell us in the comments. I grew up never having a coffee table. Who? I don't understand how you don't have a coffee table. Really? I I don't get that. Never had one. We never had one in our home. You have a coffee. Where do you put your flowers? If you don't have a coffee table, where do you put your coffee when people come over? And like people, like that's why the coasters are made for, for the coffee table. You have end tables. We had end tables. So, anyway. That's hey, where the lamps go. Different strokes for different folks. Listen. All right. Who I cannot imagine survey, a room without a coffee table. Who has a coffee table? Who had end tables growing up? Who had both? Raise your hand. Thank you. Yes, I'll have a. That's right. Anyhow. 
stay tuned for an update on the table remodels. And perhaps we will make this into a little competition. You can vote as to whose technique of chalk painting furniture you enjoy the most. <laughs> so, Julie. Yes, Daniel. Who is our guest this week? Our guest is the amazing Dr. Laura Jagged. Laura is an inspiring woman. She is a chiropractor by trade and decided that, she, well, she has, um, she had a very inspiring idea that it's brilliant. Kids, young adults, young people, and it happened to most of us, right? We get to a point where we are kind of like spreading our wings to fly and somehow there's something about adulting we don't know how to do. So my friend Laura started a whole brand because most of us at one point, when we become adults, we are a little bit clueless about how to adult. We become confused and overwhelmed and we just need a guide, right? So she does these things called the mominars, where are sort of like webinars, but tells people either in YouTube, she answers questions about how to life, right? And how to go about life. And she also has a podcast where she has guests that teach different things and give guidance and tips and tools and help people out and, and, and give support to others in how to live an adult the best way possible. The what, the who, the how, the why, the where, the when that it takes to really survive in this world, whether it be cooking or whether it be career wise or ironing your pants, because really not everybody gets shown how to do that. And the washer and dryer are not replacement for a good ironing sometimes. Wow, that sounds like a good resource for people if they just need to know how to do something or want advice. Well, I think that all of us at one point or another need to learn how to survive and thrive in the adult world and having the tips and tools and tastics. Tastics? What's a tastic? A tactic. Does Laura have a tastic? No, she has a tactics. Teaching module? Oh. <laughs> but again, life skills are something that we continue to work on. And just having someone like your mom or somebody else's very well knowledgeable mom tell you how to do something or bring experts together to tell you how to do something and do it well is a great resource. So I, I suggest alternate, alternate ways, right? Correct. A lot of us have been doing things one way our whole life and then we realize, oh my there's, There's a different way. way. There's an easier <laughs> this, way. This just did this thing faster than I could or better yeah. or, or or whatever. And again, we don't have to feel alone when we don't know something, right? And this is a great way to be able to learn how to go about and do the things that will make you productive, happy, successful, and overall feel less alone. Wow, it sounds like her creation is a great resource for people to, you know, improve, do better. Absolutely. Do different. And she is just amazing. And I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation with the amazing Dr. Laura Jaggett and learn what you can. And without further ado, 
Dr. Laura Jagged on How to Life. I am so excited to be able to speak to you because when we connected, we connected through an organization and we're going to give props to Pat Flynn for putting together a group of amazing women and men who come together, who are doing great things in in the world, using their creative and running businesses with all kinds of geniuses out there. Absolutely. It's a great group. I, and I get in that group and I'm thinking, how do I, did I get into this group? These people are awesome. But I met you and I met a couple other women who are just phenomenal. And, and Laura, what resonated for me is that you created a brand called How to Life. And How to Life is a brand dedicated to taking the fear out of adulting. Yes. <laughs> short How to to the Point video tutorials ca- called Mominars. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, it's a seminar given by a mom, namely me. I love it. And I think that I look back at my early 20s, and I look back at um, where I have been, and some of the lessons that were so simple, yet nobody took the time to share with me, would have created so much less stress in my life as I became an adult. And this is just genius because someone needs to do it. And I'm so glad you are. Well, the reason I did it is because my kids would ask me these questions. And because there are four of them over an 11-year span, Mm -hmm. I would get the same question over and over again. So I used to joke, I'm going to hold a mominar. So invite your friends (laughs) and everybody who needs to hear this because I'm only going to say it once. So a few friends would come over and my kids and I would give this little demonstration. Here is how you do it. And then I thought I should just make a a video of this so they can just watch it as many times as they need. And this way they can, you know, they don't have to feel dumb if they have to watch it 11, 12, 13 times. I won't have to yell. There's no exasperated sighs or eye rolling. It's a win-win for everyone. It's a win-win for all of you. I, I love it. And I think that that is so encouraging to not only families out there to know that someone is already an experienced parent and has been able to create some content that can help support their children. And I have a lot of friends who are uh, sending their kids off to college right now, and they're mortified because they're thinking, <sighs> Did I do everything that I was supposed to do? Did I teach him everything? And I know that as parents or something that we always, not because we're bad parents, but because we just, it's life, right? It didn't come up before. And now you have to sort of give that skill to your child. Well, that's true. And as parents, we do things for our children. We just get it done and they get accustomed to it. And it's the same thing for me. I mean, my mother did everything for me. And then when I got to college and she wasn't there to help me, even I re- one time I got sick and she wasn't there to take care of me and I just lay there in bed listless and I'm going to die but I didn't die and it's things like this I didn't know any many of the things we know we take it for granted now when when my child says to me I don't how do I put gas in my car with a debit card my first thought is really you don't know how to do that but mm-hmm. then we all didn't know how to do that at one point right so I made a video a mominar For that particular episode, it has like 21,000 views. So she wasn't the only one who did not know how to do that. I think that's genius. It's these little things. And then I think when I'm producing content, whether it's the YouTube tutorials or whether it's the podcast, I'm always thinking of my kids. Mm -hmm. What do they want to know? And I ask them sometimes, what do you want to know? And then I uh, come up, I, I do it. 
I just had a request recently for how to iron a shirt. So I just produced that. And I had for a podcast topic, one of my kids got pulled over and she never had and she was a wreck because I didn't know what to do. Then my other kids are like, I'm, that's not happened to me, but what do we do? What's the proper protocol? So I reached out to a, a p- police officer in our community, a lieutenant, and he was so kind and generous in mm. going through and giving all this information. And what I have found is that everybody that I ask, would you like to share something on the podcast? Mm-hmm. All older people usually are so generous with the knowledge. They want so much to make it easier for this younger generation. Mm-hmm. Thinking back to themselves, gosh, if I would have known a little something, right? it would have been a little bit easier. And that's really what I want to get across is you're fine where you are. Everything's fine. Here's a little information that can help you and you're going to be great. I love that. And I want to definitely come back to this and, and talk a little bit more about this. But we jumped right in because let's see, we had mic troubles. We had recording not starting. And then we had a dog who just wanted to be known. And it's most of my listeners know about Yogi, Yogi Bear Collins, who, you know, since <laughs> to be a mama's boy and has a personality. But I want to come back a little bit to you. And I would love for you to tell us and start from the beginning who you are, because I introduced you, but I think that the listeners love to hear my guests share who they are, where they're coming from, and where. how did you get to where you are now? Okay, so this was a, a little bit of a path. My name is Laura Jaggett, and I started life as a tennis player. My father taught me how to play tennis when I was six years old, and not because he loved tennis, he, he didn't even know how to play tennis, but he thought at that time, not knowing, how am I going to afford education for my children? Mm. So he thought, tennis might be big by the time she gets to college. So if I teach her now, maybe she can get a scholarship. That's some forward thinking. So <laughs> he taught me to play tennis and I became a nationally ranked tennis player and did end up getting a full scholarship to university. Terrific. Tennis was had its ups and downs. Uh, it, it was actually strained my relationship with my father at that time. We have since uh, reconnected and it's wonderful now, but it also had lots of benefits. I learned how to, I had a skill that I was good at. I learned how to be a representative because I was nationally ranked and I was always at the, the top. People always looked at me. So I had to learn uh, it, how to be an example good sportsmanship, represent my state, represent my team. When I got to the University of San Diego, I had to learn how to play on a team, which I never had before. That was an important skill. And it was a fantastic journey. I got to travel and meet people and become a little bit worldly. Then uh, the reason I became a chiropractor is on my recruiting trip to San Diego, my mother and I were rear-ended and I had a pretty bad whiplash and my legs would just give out. So I went to all the orthopedic, I went to everybody, took me every specialist and nobody could do anything because when they looked at the x-rays, they just saw a healthy 17 year old girl, which is what I was. They didn't look at the muscles or they didn't think to do that. Mm-hmm. As a last resort, my mother took me to a chiropractor because she had a friend who worked for one. And in three months I was fine. You know, mm-hmm. he, And I don't know what he did at that time. All I knew is that I was able to go to school and on scholarship and I played four years. At the end of 
school. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And my mother said, why don't you be a chiropractor? And I thought, why didn't I think of that before? That makes sense. I had a wonderful experience. I always was fascinated on how that actually happened. How, right. how was I able to heal from that guy and nobody else could do anything? They didn't even try. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they did. So I got into chiropractic school and, you know, I went three years, four years when I graduated, they're like, okay, you're a chiropractor, go take care of people. And I thought, I I don't know how to do anything, you know? (laughs) So over the, over the next 28 years, I'm quite good at what I do, but it's, you know, it's called a practice for a reason because you're practicing. Uh, Absolutely. So I learned how to uh, just have to speak with people, which is not natural to me. And trust myself that I can take care of someone. I do have a desire to, to teach. I have always, mm-hmm. I'm the oldest of four. So I've always helped, taught, guided, encouraged, healed. And it was a good fit for me, a really good fit. And in the, towards the end when I was like, okay, so I have four kids. I had four children, had the business. We had a very big business with my husband at the time and my brother-in-law. And it was a little bit overwhelming So then I started uh, looking for things to do for me as my kids got a little older and weren't Mm -hmm. so dependent. So I have dabbled in boxing and marksmanship and ballroom dancing, which I loved. I love ballroom dancing. I do too. And now I'm playing a sport called pickleball. Now, I never played tennis. Once I was done with college, I never played again. Never played it again. You know, maybe once every five years, I'd pick up a racket for that day. And then that was it. So pickleball is similar in that it is a racket sport. It's a blast. Anyway, that's what I'm playing now. And I'm uh, just entered the professional uh, level. So it's exciting. Obviously, one of the things that you said just now is uh, that you build a practice and you alluded that uh, you got better at doing things and you got better as you practice. What do you say to the women who tend to say, oh, you know what, I'm not good enough, or, or I don't think I can ever do that? Or, or especially now, you're starting a brand new act for yourself, and you are full-fledged ahead. And, and I think there's a lot of women who are sitting, uh, contemplating where they've been, what they've done, and are afraid to move to a next act. Well, the first thing I would say is if you say, I I can't do that, or I'm afraid, then you will be right. Mm -hmm. So that can be overwhelming when you're doing something new and you're like, I have no idea how to do this. So what I would recommend, and this is what I did, because this second act that I'm doing, I have no idea how to do this. I'm a chiropractor and I did not grow up in this generation of social media and the tech world. It's a bit of a struggle for me. Mm. So what I did was focus on the things that I am good at. I would actually talk to myself and I'm like, well, I did raise four children. I did teach them and they know more about this world than I did, but I got them to this point. I did have a practice. I was a high level athlete. So I would talk to myself on those things that about that I knew that I was good at. And then I would turn my attention to this big ball of things that I knew nothing about. And I would pick one that seemed easiest. Like, all right, well, I can do that. Mm -hmm. So with this momentum that I had of what I could do and what I was good at and that I had proved to myself that I was good at, I then took on that one little thing and I got it done. 
So I moved that over to the things I'm good at category. And then I picked the next step. So really, it's just one step in front of the other. Yep. If you look too, too closely <clears throat> at, at everything you don't know, it can be scary and you can retreat. And I actually did do that for a while. And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll share the story. When I came up with the idea of how to life, it was like a lightning bolt struck me. And by the way, I had asked for it. I had been journaling and you know, with chiropractic, there's only so much I can do. There's only so many people I can see. There's only so many time, so much time in a day. So I'm, I'm thinking I want to have something that I can reach more people from my own home that I can do from anywhere in the world. So I wrote down what I wanted and I didn't know what it was going to be. I go, I just don't know what it is, but this is what I want it to bring me. So when I thought of it, I'm like, that's it. And for the next two months, I probably put in 16 hours a day, just nonstop researching. I'm like, surely somebody's doing this. You know, I researched it. No, surely somebody has this name. No. And everything was checking off. I'm like, it's not filled. I'm like, it's mm -hmm. for me. This it's is you. for me. <laughs> so that was very fun because I'm very detail oriented. So I was for two months uh, just getting the name. Um, thinking of the ideas, just kind of doing all the the background work. Mm -hmm. Then when it came time to produce the video, I came to a screeching halt because I don't know how to do that. And I didn't even consider that I don't know how to do that. I'm like, okay, I'll figure that out later. Here's <laughs> what I can do right now. And so all the things that I could do at that time, I was in such a flow. I didn't feel mm -hmm. tired. I just kept going and going and going. It was a wonderful feeling of being in the flow. And I probably everybody has had a moment like that in their life about mm -hmm. something. So you know what it feels like. That's where you want to be. Right. So when I came to the screeching halt in the past, I would beat up on myself and say, oh, just go for it. What's wrong with you? Just, but now with some age and wisdom, I'm like, oh, it's okay. I've gotten this far. It's a little bit of a stumbling block. So I'm not going to try to butt through that wall. I'm going to take a step back and regroup. And what I decided was, there's no rush on this. There's no deadline. Nobody is yelling at me to finish it. It'll get done in the perfect time. And I would say this to myself. And I thought, in the meantime, I can at least think about it. I can research it. I can look at other people or her, who are doing it and see what they're doing. So that's what I did. And I made it okay with myself that research mm -hmm. and studying and observing others is just as valuable as doing the physical work. And it actually was because it did bring me to the point where I actually did do, I did make, I did produce it. That's awesome. So that's fine. So even if you are, even if you think, well, that's not real work, thinking's not real work, it is real work. Imagining is 90% of the work <laughs> is imagining it, thinking about it, dreaming about it. And then somehow, because you are open, you are open to suggestions and ideas, you find them, they come to you and you learn the way. So it was six months before I produced a video and I had to make it okay with myself that that's fine. It'll be the perfect time. And, and it was. I, I love that. And, and I think it reminds me a lot of, um, I've just been reading and actually rereading by Carol Dweck, Mindset. I don't know if you read the book. I have not read that yet, but I'll put it oh, on my good. list. So good. I highly recommend it. But it, it really, one of the things that, and, and, and you are 
talking about exactly what it means to have um, the type of mindset that is a growth mindset, a mindset that is open to the idea that practice and that failing, there's nothing wrong with failing. And that sometimes, you know, accomplishing the task at a hundred percent or, you know, is, is the thing to do, but really exploring in, in, in trying to level up at a 1% and trying to say, okay, how did somebody else do that? Let me see if I can pay attention to that. And really being open to the idea that you can accomplish it, but you don't have to go by anybody else's timeline. Um, in the book, in um, one of the um, examples that really hit me is the she is talking about John McEnroe. And oh, talking about his career and talking about how um, John McEnroe is a prime example of someone who perhaps he could have uh, really continued to be more of a champion because he had some great tennis skill. But when it came to his mindset, it was if, if you explore a lot of uh, the you know, the comp- competitions and whatnot, he always had, it was either the judge or the this or the water or the, you know, and, and she she went through several examples and I thought, oh, I didn't realize that. I've always thought of John McEnroe as, as a great tennis player and I and, and I, I like him, but it was interesting, some of the correlation and, and um, I, I had to, I, I had to really look at the times in my life, for instance, in which maybe I haven't been able to accomplish a goal. And I think that um, a lot of times comes back to the limitations that I've set on myself um, in, in making up my mind that maybe it's not achievable or maybe I don't have what it takes. And those are the things that have prevented me from actually moving forward. And, and I, I love the example that you've given us, that you, you were patient, you held space for yourself. And, and that's very, very key. Yes, you have to be gentle with yourself. I do. I have to be gentle with myself. I think John McEnroe, he is a great tennis player. Mm-hmm. And his antics fueled him towards greatness. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. If I fell apart like that, I would just continue to nosedive down. <laughs> but he, that worked for him. That worked for By him. By the way, that also works for my father. So you have to know yourself. You have to and know yourself. Yeah, You have to know yourself and... Pay attention to what works for you because what works for one person is probably not going to work for you, but maybe a piece might, Mm -hmm. and you can take pieces from many people, but really the key is to listen to yourself and honor yourself and don't worry about someone else's timeline or their judgment. Just, Mm -hmm. Just don't worry about it. Just focus on you and focus on where you want to go. I, I love the lesson. And, and here's the thing. So we've talked about you watching other people. We've talked about you um, paying attention to what they were doing and then taking that lesson and adjusting it to how it works in your life. And I think that that is one of the really fine lines that we as women, we watch other people, right? But immediately we jump into the comparison, that compare and despair. And that's one of the things that I continue to always talk with clients and really talk to the listeners that we have to really swim in our own lane and go out and see all the people that are doing the things right. But definitely know in your heart what inspires you, what, because maybe your joy comes from uh, making cookies and not making bread, right? 
But you may want to see the work ethic that it takes to actually create a schedule for baking, right? And these are the things that we can learn from each other and really be open to the idea that we can get to the maybe the level that somebody else is at. But we need to remember that maybe that person had another journey that we didn't see or we didn't get to notice. So absolutely. Now, and I, and I would also say, look at what you can do. If you're hard mm-hmm. on yourself, because you're not, you're not somewhere quick enough, or you're not taking the same path. That's okay. Turn around and say, what, what have I done that is good? And focus mm-hmm. on that and say, yeah, I, I can do that. And apply that same philosophy that, you know, worked in that instance, apply that to what your current challenge or goal is. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that it's going to be easy for you when you get that feeling of sort of settling down. It's like, okay, I got that. You got Everything that. becomes so much easier. And it's the same work. Nothing's changed mm-hmm. other than your perception and your attitude right. towards it. I love that. You know, my mentor, one of the things uh, in, in we, she is my mentor for weight loss and I've lost, you know, 40 pounds. What, well, okay, maybe 38 right. now because I've gained some COVID, but we're not blaming COVID. I'm blaming me for being doing what I did. But one of the things that she makes us do in the journal, our food journal, is that we have to actually go in and look at what did I do right today? I love it. And, yeah. and I think that that is so key because sometimes we, and especially myself, I am a type A, I'm very driven and I tend to always pick out what I, the things that I didn't accomplish or the things that I didn't get to or the things that I didn't do as I expected to. But sometimes I need to really be able to sit down and say, what did I do right? And what were the things that um, I actually was able to show up for myself? And as women, um, that comparison is, is something that is detrimental to us, but then also not being able to praise ourselves and not even being able to notice the effort that we're making because we are making effort as we're moving along. That's, yeah, and good effort. You're making good gains. Mm-hmm. And when you're journaling and you're writing down what went right today, only write about that. If 10 right. things went wrong and one thing went right, only list the good thing that went mm-hmm. right because I have, in my own experience, when I've gone back and looked at my past journal entries, all I see is all this good stuff that has happened. Right. I'm like, wow, I've got this awesome, what was an awesome day? And I forgot what actually happened that day because I didn't write it down. So now you have put it in your mind that only good things happen and mm-hmm. you only accomplish these things. You succeed at all of these things. And that also changes your mindset. Oh, and you have sure. a, a shift in perception. And it's only to your benefit to do that. I totally agree. And I think uh, for me, keeping a gratitude journal has always been something that makes it uh, such an important practice for me. It was life-changing for me. I started keeping one about four years ago. And really? everything turned around for me. I believe it. I believe still it. still do it to this think- day. Don't miss a day. Now, uh, tell me, how did you start the practice and how did you begin to like figure out, hey, maybe I should do this. Uh, crossroads in my life, you know, I was in my oh, late yeah. 40s and I was tired of, of my, pr- I was just tired of everything. And I thought, is this it? Is this it for me? This is what I signed up for. And it's just going to be like this forever. Mm. So I knew I had to change something. I didn't know how to do it. I felt stuck. So I just started reading books and I came across gratitude journals. So I started doing it mm-hmm. and I would write it every day. And then 
five minutes later, you know, you fall off back into despair. So I would just keep looking at the list. I'm like, oh, yeah. And even the the smallest things, Mm -hmm. a complete stranger held the door for me. Right. Uh, Somebody said, have a nice day. Uh, You know, and so these things build. And in the beginning, it was it was hard. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I realized I took so much for granted. I mean, waking up. What a beautiful day. The air is fresh today after in Las Vegas right now. Right. After four months of heat. Oh, what a delicious blessing going on my gratitude list. Actually, I already put it on there. So you just start to notice these little things because we're always looking for the big win. The big win is going to determine if we had a successful day. But really, it's the little micro wins that make up the the giant win. And that's what keeping a gratitude list did. So is from despair, knowing that I had to change something, not knowing how to do it. And then I thought, I just have to feel better somehow. And I started doing that. And you just pick up speed and you just have to practice just like 28 years in practice of chiropractic. You just practice it. You practice looking for the good. And then pretty soon you see it everywhere you go. Yeah, I tell my clients and, and, you know, and I don't ever tell my clients anything that I'm not willing to do or haven't done myself. But I think that in working with women, I think that sometimes it is so easy to get caught up in the things that are not going the way we want them to or the one the way we expect or 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 we have this notion that should be right and 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 we should ourselves a lot and we shouldn't (laughs) but um i I try not to use that word ever yeah so i have 12 words that i tend to not use let's hear them okay i'm out of practice because i haven't shared them with a lot of people (laughs) lately but uh, i can't i won't uh difficult it's hard should have would have could have and can't, won't, I said that. I have, I have to go back to. And have, I to. have to, yeah, I have to, right? Yes. I um, actually, I keep the list on my phone. And okay. every once in a while, like if, um, when my husband and I first started dating, we've been married eight years. He's like, well, that's hard. I'm like, what's a challenge? He's like, challenge? You haven't figured it out. You haven't figured yeah. out the I, I, I'm yet. working on, I'm working on it, right? Uh, and and uh, no, I, I tend to, you know, but can't won't right. so all of to. those i think right. i really try to. not to use those right. and i'm actually mindful of that now when i'm speaking to my kids mm. uh, because i don't i want to allow them to make their own choices and their own mistakes and have their in, ex, own experiences because words don't teach only experience, only experience teaches so, yeah. so when they say uh you know should i do this i say ask you, know, you should ask yourself that question Mm -hmm. You can ask me, you can ask your dad, you can Mm -hmm. ask your friends, and everyone's going to give you their own perspective, which is different than your perspective. Mm -hmm. So I try to, you know, you have to learn to trust yourself and not say those have to, oh, I have to do this. Think about it. Do I really have to do this? Do I have to do it right now? Could I do it? If it needs to get done today, can I do it in five minutes? Let me just meditate and get into Mm -hmm. a better place before I tackle that or take on that task. You're a beautiful teacher, Laura. I, oh, I love that. I, it's it's um, a teacher shows people, you know, I do, we do, now you do. And that whole concept is very important. And I think that you are a teacher at heart. And, and I love that this is how you are um, showing your, your children first and foremost, and then you are sharing that knowledge and wisdom with the world. What has been one of the things that has been the most surprising in um, launching How to Life? I think how quickly 
I have accomplished everything because when I began, I, I, I was at zero. At, at, I had no knowledge, no skill set in this arena at all. The one thing I did have was time, which this time of COVID was a golden ticket. I, yes, it was I a agree. golden ticket. I had time to focus on this 100% and delve into it. And how quickly I learned, how quickly it came up. All the wonderful people, Pat Flynn, I am mm. where I am because of Pat Flynn. So thank you, Pat Flynn. Same here. Same here. He taught me everything and taught my husband everything that we know. Yes. About and, and meeting other people, other people he suggested, and then the community, the circle community we're in, the wonderful people yeah. I have met through there. And I love this expression, your vibe attracts your tribe. I'm very yeah. aware of my vibe and it has brought me you mm-hmm. and all of these wonderful people who have the same mindset, same philosophy. Mm-hmm. We're all teachers. We're, we all want to help and share. And it's wonderful. It's very validating. It's validating. And one of the things that I have found is that if I have something or if I know something, I'm, I'm going to share it. I'm going to tell you. I'm, I, you know, it's just, I think that the more that I, I you know, I, I know, the more that I want to share with other people, right? And the people that I've met through that community is also um, have the same mindset. Like, oh, here, let me show you. Let me tell you. Let me give you They're so generous. And, and the gen- I'm generous because I, I feel I'm generous with wanting to share and help. And finally, I have found this group that they're the same. It's wonderful. Same. It's just wonderful. Agreed. And 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 I talk about, uh, you know, Jim Rohn always has said that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. And what I'm finding is that um, I, and, and again, I forgot who said this, and I've said this on the podcast a couple other times, that I, I decided some time back that if I was the smartest person in the room, that I really was in the wrong room. (laughs) I really was in the wrong room. I wanted to be just soak up information and knowledge. And there's so many people who have had life experiences that um, are, are different from mine, but sharing them and hearing them and acknowledging them helps me grow as a person and helps me change and evolve. And I think that that's what we want. It absolutely is. And we are always at times the smartest person in the room and, you know, the one who knows the least. And it's good to be, to play Mm -hmm. all of those roles because we become teacher and we become student and that's how Mm -hmm. we really evolve and grow. That's how we evolve and grow for sure. Did I tell you in our conversation, um, I don't know if we talked about this before. Well, we, I know that we talked about how I have tons of friends who are chiropractors. <laughs> we did talk. You have more I, friends that are chiropractors than I do. <laughs> I, I can't. I, it's like everyone I went to high school with became a chiropractor. But um, did I tell you that I worked at a chiropractic office no, once? No, I didn't hear that story. I did. So I actually had a friend who came, finished life and then did a year in Peru and he was starting out his office and I was working part-time. I was running the junior high youth ministry at my church, but I didn't want to teach. And I, I had been working at a school also, but it was exhausting. I was teaching in the morning and then I would do the middle school uh, youth ministry 
And eventually when I worked for him and I, and, and I loved it, it was very, very fun. So I, I, um, and then I thought, oh, I wonder maybe I should consider chiropractic too. And then I thought, no, it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> Listen, I had a lot of students. There were st- a lot of students in my class that were over 30, 30 and above. So, mm. yeah, you can go back at yeah, any time. I- if I had to say something to, how old was I then? I was 28, 29. If I had to say anything to my 28, 29-year-old, it would probably be that you have all the time. That time is it's not a constraint unless you want it. And really, it goes back to my mentality back then. I was very fixed on, you know, there's got, this is the time for this, this is the time for that. And now I look back and I think, um, I wouldn't trade where I am in the world for anything. Because maybe if I were a chiropractor and like you, I don't know if I would be podcasting today. Um, Maybe you'd be doing your second act. Like I am. Maybe I would be doing my second act, but I think that it was meant to be to, to happen in the way that is happening right now. I have a question out out of left field that just occurred to me. So you're in Las Vegas. Have you um, been affected at all? Have you been seeing any of the fires or any of the air quality change a little bit? It's funny that you should say that. Only two days ago, it was very hazy. We have had no rain this summer. So we have had blue skies with very few mm. clouds for four months. And I know that sounds wonderful, but it gets really tiring after a while. I would love to see a little rain. And then two days ago, I woke up. I'm like, it's cloudy, but it was hazy. And it I guess, hazy. but I didn't smell the smoke. Usually my, my lungs mm-hmm. will be affected. I didn't feel that at all. Then the next day we had, which was yesterday, this incredible windstorm. Mm. And today it is clear and we are, you know, dropped 30 degrees. We're at 70 oh, wow. degrees from 109. Ooh. So I'll take oh, that all day long. I tend to tell people I like the seasons and I went to high school in Miami and my sister still lives in Miami. And when I visited my, I always had a rule. I never visited Miami between May and October That's a good because rule. it was too hot for me. So my sister then decided that she was going to have a baby in July. So that I would have to change my role. So my no Florida in the summer role changed. But I always tell people that I I always say I like um, drier heat when I'm in Florida. But when I'm in Florida, I I, I tend to think I don't know maybe I, I you know and I go back and forth between the heats. Now, do you like humid or dry heat? No, oh, I I cannot take humid. I'll take dry heat all day long. Maybe because I'm used to it. I mean, it's not comfortable, but there's air conditioning. When you walk into mm-hmm. a home, you immediately dry off. Right. Yeah. Whereas you're just wet all day long, no matter what you do. <laughs> that's right. And that's, right. that's just very uncomfortable. Also, there are bugs, which I don't like. We don't have mosquitoes and things that bite you here, which are See, nice. You, you might be swaying me to go try out this whole uh, Las Vegas, maybe living. Who knows? Well, we, I know many people who are here from October until May. Because mm-hmm. it's beautiful, perfect weather. And oh. then they go back to wherever to wherever the, they're from areas right? for the summer. Yeah. I um I spent a, a, a ten days in the summer once in Las Vegas. I oh, and uh, it was very hot. But I, hot. I but again, you know, it, it was like you said, there's air conditioning everywhere. My sister who's in Florida, she is taken back by the fact that because she's a realtor and she is taken back by the fact that here in New England, several houses sometimes don't have central air. That's true. 
<laughs> and it's, it's like, what do you mean you don't have central air? What is that? <laughs> you know, I lived in Oregon for one year uh-huh. in 2018. And when I was looking for houses, because I knew I was going to be there a year, so I was going to rent. Some of them didn't have air conditioning. I was so confused by that. Like, how, mm-hmm. how is that possible? But you really did not need it up in Oregon. No, no. Just a I have, couple of days. I, you just suffer yep. those few days and that's it. That's right. I have friends that move from Miami to Oregon and, and they love it. It's gorgeous. There. It's gorgeous there. And but you know, I, I, I really feel for everyone who's dealing with the fires. And I think that I don't watch the news. I don't know if you're a news. I don't person. either. I haven't watched the news and I'm much happier for it actually mm. it still filters through you know you still hear, you hear it. it absolutely I um I used to be an avid news watcher and I decided that you know it's not for me yeah. and I needed to really be able to put my mental energy into something else and I don't think I live in a naive world because I do like to keep informed and and, and and educate myself but there's no need to hear the same story 10 different ways and 10 times that it's going to really suck and deplete your energy. Absolutely. We stopped listening to the news when we had children. Mm, and So smart. I just my, my parents had the news on all the time and my my husband at the mm-hmm. time He's did he his parents had the news on all the time and he was deathly afraid it was during the cold war. He was oh. so afraid that we were just going to you know die in the nuclear war and and he remembers being terrified of that. So when we had our children we're like they don't need to hear all that junk. So we just yeah. we just stopped listening. And he listens now. He loves it. Like now but he doesn't get affected by it. It's fun for him. Right. I don't listen to it at all and I am much more at peace. In fact, I have turned it off on all of my news news feeds mm-hmm. uh, on when my computer comes up nothing comes up with except like a motivational same. quote yeah same same for me i yeah. i really and this is a big switch for me because i think that um i really in the last four years i had to really evaluate where i, I know where my values are i know what's strong and, 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 and impactful to me and what means a lot to me but at the same time i couldn't really be able to just invest the mental energy into um whatever might be going on right and, and it's and depleting it it's depletes depleting. your it depletes right. your energy and it's Absolutely. just negative energy which just doesn't make you feel good there's this mm-hmm. undercurrent of discomfort why 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 am i discomfort why do I not feel well and it's because of the news so I turn it yeah. off and I have a happy, healthy little world here in my house. Yeah, I, I have definitely been enjoying that. And I think that that's a, my husband is, is shocked in the last year that this is the evolution that I've taken. Uh, and, and really in the last few years, I've also, you know, the amount of television that I watch is so minimal. Me too. Um, and Me and too. I, I'm really picky about the shows, right? So if, if, if I'm talking about a show, uh, on TV, you can be sure that it's a really good show. <laughs> and it brings you joy in some way. Yeah, I, I haven't had cable for a long time. We have just, we stream. Mm-hmm. I don't watch any shows. I don't know what's going on in the entertainment world, especially this yeah. year. I have just been completely focused on building yeah. myself and, and, and myself. creating this. And I get tremendous pleasure out of it. It is so interesting Mm-hmm. And also another reason I don't like to watch movies or dramas. I just, I don't, I don't want that drama in my life. Right. I, I've done such a good job. I have a no drama life. I love it. I don't want to absorb it, even like from a TV show or a movie. 
It's it's funny because I I have these conversations with with some friends or even my sister. My sister is a big television person. One of them is not the other, but uh, um, she has the same taste in television that my husband does. And they, I, I am if it's going to have blood and murder and violence, I am not watching that because Agreed. first of all, I don't need to have in the imprint of my brain something violent, bloody, because I think that it synthesizes you. It does. And you kind of bring that vibe into your world. Yeah, don't do be, be picky about yeah. what you allow into your world. That's right. That's right. And, and, and I know that a lot of people love the, the zombies and a lot of people love this and the, and the Game of Thrones thing. But it's, I okay. love history and I would rather, you know, maybe read it and, and kind of use my imagination for it. I like I comedy. Yeah, I like well, comedy. I but, you know, for those who do like the horrors or the dramas, <laughs> it's fun for them. And as long as your attitude is, well, I find that fun and entertaining, then that's okay. Right. As long as you're not blue and depressed. And depressed, correct. Then, you know, maybe switch something to something else. We, we have a saying, and, and, and I, can't, I can't take credit for it, but uh, we heard it at a wine party. Believe it or not, we were at a wine tasting, and um, the, the wine sommelier said, you know, you, everybody has different taste buds and you may taste a wine in one part and it's yucky to you, but don't yuck somebody else's yum. <laughs> so a lot of times. Don't my, yuck my yum. I'm going to use that, yum. Julie. Yeah, you, That's mu- you, be- <laughs> you can use it. You can use it. I can't take credit for it, but a lot of times, you know, my husband was like, don't yuck my yum, you know, and <laughs> when we're talking television or TV shows or whatnot, but it's funny. And, and one of the best things that has happened, I think, in our marriage is that now Netflix has a different profile because when we started dating, it was only one profile, right? And, right. and I, and I hated, I would come and visit for the weekend. I lived in New York City and he was here in Connecticut. And then we would watch stuff and then maybe he would watch some during the week and I'd come back and my profile was all messed up. My, like, what is this? I don't watch any of this. Don't recommend this. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's funny, but you can use that. And don't yuck my I, I will. And, and actually it was Michelle um, and um, uh, Bethard who I had met, who was the, a wine guide. Um, who taught me that? And and I I use it all the time, Michelle, because it's a very good a very good saying for sure. Now your kids range in ages between fourteen and twenty five. You said that's right. What are they doing? Well, the oldest is my only boy. He's twenty five, and he I don't know what he does. He whatever job he does, it allows him to travel. He loves to travel. Oh, good for so him! It allows him to work from anywhere in the world. I love so it. Kid is always traveling. He has been on safari in Africa. He takes his laptop and he does work during the day. And I'm jelly. <laughs> he set it up that way for him. Exactly. And I but remember speaking with him when he was a sophomore in college. He's like, well, I think I'm going to go into dentistry. And now my <laughs> parents would have been like, oh, that's a very smart, wise thing to do. I said, I had no idea that you uh, have such a, a love of the human mouth. And he said, well, I don't, but I just think it's probably a very wise decision. I go, if you don't love it or fascinated by it now, you're going to hate it when you're 30. So what do you want to do? What do you like? He goes, I don't know what I'm good at. I said, well, what do you like? He said, well, I like traveling and I like languages. I go, what can you do that allows you to incorporate those into your job? 
And I guess that hit home with them somehow. I mean, I don't remember us discussing it further past that, but he got himself a job that allows him to travel. So smart. Is good with languages and he's good at it. He's got this smile that just can melt anybody. So it's it's in sales hmm. and uh, okay. he does very well and he makes good money. I'm happy for him. I have him. a girlfriend. I have a niece who likes to travel, likes languages, <laughs> you know, and she's a pretty smart cookie herself. <laughs> and then uh, my 23-year-old daughter, you know, she is a singer, but she's never had a lesson and she was accepted. <laughs> you, did you ever see the movie Flashdance? Yes, Remember at the end where she has no classical training, but she just goes to that conservatory, yeah, tries out. Yeah, and yeah. we don't know if she gets it or not, but she just, she tried out and they were right. impressed. So she auditioned for Berkeley College of M- Music for voice. Really? And she got accepted. Good for her. I know, but it was $60,000 a year. And I'm like, I don't want to spend that. So she went a semester to their sister school in Fullerton, which was very wise for $2,500 a year. And then after a semester said, I don't want to get a degree in voice. I want to be in the music industry, music management. So I'm just going to go out into that field and just get in it. So she did that for four years, which is the length of college. And then at the end of that time, decided she didn't love it after all. Okay. So (laughs) we saved ourselves a quarter million dollars for her to make that discovery. Perfect. And then she, now what she does is she has a a company, which she didn't intend at all. She markets and brands people. She's very good on social media. It's fun for her. It's easy for her. And she makes these posts and somebody saw it and said, can you do this for for my brand. So she started doing it and one referral led to another. So now she has this little business that... Uh, again, it's things that she it's doing something that she likes and is easy for Here's her. Here's the lesson, people go after your passions. I think that that's yes. so important. And it doesn't matter if you don't know exactly what it is. Be mm-hmm. open to what it is. Just set your for sure. Like for sure, this is a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to travel. I want languages. I want to make a lot of money. That's right. You know, those are my non-negotiables. Right. And then be open to what it could be. I think that that is such wise thing. If I had to go back to tell my 21-year-old self anything, and, and I, I, don't take me wrong, I think I've done a lot of the things that I love, and I've incorporated travel into my life, and I, I definitely was very fortunate to be able to see a lot of the world, and I cannot wait until I get a new stamp on my passport, because that has been the one thing that I still am having a hard time working my mind around that uh, the extrovert, because I am an extrovert, and I, I, you know, have a hard time being home, and probably why I'm a good podcaster, because I get to talk to people. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm an introvert. Usually, you know, I can be a, I can be social, but I really prefer to be by by myself, which is why I think podcasting works great for me. It works for all of us, right? It's it's like the perfect medium for whichever. Now, question, and and I do want to come back to your other two children, but did you ever take the Enneagram? What is it? It's the Enneagram test is the personality test. Oh, I think I have. I, I thought it was okay. called Myers Briggs. Is that the same? So no, thing? that's a different one. So okay, there's. I haven't Myers taken Briggs, the one you're speaking. There's of. the disc, and this is the one that's really been trending supposedly. And I'm not even going to go. Maybe we'll have a special series on the Enneagram. Um, and um, Renee, Renee Brown has been really talking about it, and a lot of there's the Enneagram. Um, Institute. And I, I've been learning here and there, mostly from Brene Brown and from picking. And there's other people out there that I've been reading, but um, I finally broke down and took the Enneagram test. 
And uh, and I, so there's seven, no, there's nine and and I'm going to get letters from people who are Enneagram fans and know this very well. (laughs) Don't mail me, don't email me about this because I'm still learning. I'm working on believing that I'm going to get better at this, but there's seven different uh, personalities that are very distinct. And then um, I am in Enneagram seven, which um, let's see, I will tell you. So an Enneagram seven tends to be someone who is, has that fear of missing out. That's and called FOMO. It's FOMO. Yeah. And it's, it's very indicative. Um, so for instance, the Enneagram one, um, if you ask them, what are they most excited about uh, for fall? They'll say getting into a routine An Enneagram two they're most excited for fall. It would be the fall activities with friends. Number three would be football and fall TV shows. Number four, the beauty of the changing leaves and the scenery. And then a five, warm drinks and coffee shops. Six, blankets to keep me safe and warm. And then you have a seven who is haunted houses, corn mazes, apple picking, pumpkins, hay rides, and everything. An eight is exercising my right to vote. And number nine is all of the coziness of it, of life, right? Of fall. So um, I find You're I find this whole Enneagram fascinating. I'm a seven. I don't think I'm a seven uh, because the, actually the original test I took said that I was a three, which is, um, I believe, the achiever. But mm-hmm. I believe that depending on how you are and where you are when you take some of these personality tests, they can change. They I'm some. I'm either a four or a nine. I like yeah. the beauty and change of seasons, and I like the coziness. And now the one thing that's interesting with the enneagram is that, um, and I don't. I, again, I don't know well enough about this to be speaking that much about it. But you can be. Uh, so it, it's sort of like a, a like a star of sword, like a nine peaked star and then these are all the personalities and it goes clockwise and so if you're a seven you can have wings like your other personality you have other tips of those personalities so I could be and again I'm a seven or a three with a wing whatever I don't know so and and those kind of show up and and uh, it's fascinating for sure you know I'm gonna look into it I'm gonna take it I like those things they're fun yeah, they're fun. So, and if you want to check out Brene Brown's podcast, she had the gentleman who's like one of the f- country's most experts on the Enneagram, and they actually went through all the personalities. Now, another podcast that I listen to is called The Popcast with Knox and Jamie. They actually, they talk pop culture on on the podcast, and what they did is they actually um, went through the different personalities for the Enneagram and talked about different famous people who are who embody those personalities. So that kind of made it more real to me than the other expert. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm like, That's oh, fun. okay, I get it, I get it. Uh, I'm like Rachel and friends. I'm not a Monica or a Chandler. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, now your youngest is at home. Yes, she's a freshman in high school this year. Okay. And is she, are they back in school or? Well, they have to do online school here. Online. Okay. So uh, the first nine weeks at this, they're going to, gotcha. nine weeks, and then they'll reevaluate as we get, as we get closer. 
So hopefully she wants to go back. I mean, I bet they miss it. The socialization is important. Now, the one thing they do have to do is they have to show up on computer on Zoom Mm -hmm. at 8 a.m. Like when class starts and they have to be in uniform, at least the, the shirt part. Yeah, same thing, know, same but. thing here. And and actually my sister, um, my sister in Florida, again, um, my niece is seven, and they are requiring um, kids to be at the computer at the beginning of their mark, the tardy or absent, and they have to wear the uniform as well. And I think that in speaking to a lot of friends who are teachers is because they had some kids who were still in pajamas or in bed. And right. Well, it hours. teaches you yeah. to get prepared. You know, you have these little steps. It, keep, it, it keeps you in routine because absolutely, as we all know, work. and we've all done it in our life, you kind of fall off the wagon and you just like will be in pajamas for three days. It's just not good for morale. No, it's not good for morale as well. Now, tell me, I know that you journal in the morning. What other are some of your other routines? I, this year, I started meditating every mm-hmm. every day and I try to do it in the morning. So I'll set mm-hmm. my alarm for an hour. I'm not a morning person. Okay. I, I'm an, You're working my, at being a morning person. No, not really. I've been a morning <laughs> p- person my entire life. I've had okay. to be with my kids. And because right. of being my tennis player, I had to have all my classes, but it's not natural to me. And I have discovered that my, my prime time, like the, my, do my best work between mm-hmm. 9 PM and 2 AM. I know that sounds weird. No, but I, no, not to me. It doesn't at all. I am on it. fire during that time. So uh, I'm a little slow in the morning. Like I will get up. I prefer to get up at 10, but I'll get up around eight, between eight and nine. Mm-hmm. And I will take an hour to just lie in bed and stretch mm-hmm. and meditate and okay. get myself in the mindset. And then I get up and I mosey around and I do a few things, but it's just kind of slow. Like I don't push mm-hmm. myself. But then when the evening comes, that's when I, that's when I turn it on. I do get a tremendous amount of work during that, I, during that time. Then. See, I, I, I have been working on becoming a morning person in the last year or so, and I've been waking up early and doing a lot of that. But the thing is, um, I do believe that for me, I have done some of my best writing, some of my best work. My mind just sort of like opens up. Um I have been really working hard at going to bed. So upstairs, we're upstairs by nine. And who knew, right? Because I'm a, I'm a city girl. And by nine, that's usually when my reservation was for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and when I moved to Connecticut, uh, it's short story. I invited my sister-in-law and her husband for dinner and my husband's family. I invited them and I, and I invited them. And I'm thinking like, because I know they eat early. So I said to them, how about 7.30? And they were horrified. They're like, they're like so fine i'm like well what time would you like to come well oh five we usually eat at 4 30 i'm like what who does that but it everybody everybody's different right and and i learned that and that's Um, another thing not to compare yourself on on what your timing is and it's through self-discovery and it's okay i i am grateful that i'm in a period in my life where i don't have to get up in the morning anymore so i can really work at the schedule that works best for me I can get up in the morning, but what right. I have found is if I sleep between 3 a.m. and 9 a.m., mm-hmm. I can go the whole day until 3 a.m. without having to take a nap. But if yep. I do that same six hours, let's say from 12 p.m. to 6 a.m., I am going to need to take a nap at some point in the yep. afternoon. 15 minutes, that's all I need, but uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, it works for me, and as long as you it's working, I'm going listen. to do it. 
You have to listen to your body. You have to listen to yourself and get to know you. And I think that if anything comes out of this whole experience of quarantine, COVID, whatever we're going through this pandemic, I think that, and I'm hoping this is one of the things that we get, that our education system changes to really be able to meet the needs of students. And yes, for the parents who want their kids back in school, I think that there are some kids who are really going to thrive going back. But there are so many other children who also just learn differently. We're different. I, I have four kids and, and they all learned differently. Right. The oldest one, my boy, he, he skipped two grades. Mm. He skipped fourth and fifth grade. That's a big leap for a boy. That's he went to private amazing. school his entire career and was fine. The second one was super social. She went to public school, loved it. Number three, not social at all. She did online school, got done in three years because she's like, I just want to get over this. Yeah. Now this last one is in charter school and uh, it's like an arts integration school. So four kids, all different, all learn differently, but I allowed them to do what works. I want them, I want to help them find what works best for them because if you Mm -hmm. can learn it now, you know, if you're a What's the expression? A square peg in a round hole. If you're a square peg and there's a bunch of round holes, it's just tough. And then you think, well, I just can't do it. Or you just have to find what works for you. Yeah, and find your people. Find your find, and find it early. The earlier, the better. Trust the yourself. Earlier, the better. And I think Trust that yourself. for for the people who maybe have been working with a bunch of square pegs and you are finding that you're a round hole, then find you know you find the things that help you as long as you're not comparing, but also know yourself and know what works best. I know that for myself, the same way, I have been getting up in the morning and I feel very, um, you know, absolutely energized, but I am going to bed super early. And I just, and in the mornings, I don't get as much writing. So that if I know that I'm writing and, and, and I am working on writing a book, I, I'm doing it when my brain is working. And I actually, many times I've gone to bed at 930 and then I fall asleep. And I wake up at midnight and then all of a sudden my brain is just like full of ideas and I grab my phone and I'm putting them up. My husband wakes up and he thinks I'm nuts, but he's used to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the course. It's part of the course. So now where can people find you and what are some of the projects that you are going to be putting out there and what do you, what is next for you? Well, what's next is new. So I am 100% focused on my podcast. I prefer that more than the the Mominars, but I do them. I try to put one out every week. The podcast, I really, really enjoy. So you can find it on virtually every podcast platform. Mm -hmm. They are housed on my website, which is howtolife.com. I have the Mominars and the podcast. You can watch them directly from the website. You can send an email. If anyone would like to be a guest on the show, if you have some wisdom or some instruction or some insight that you would like to share with this younger generation, things that oh, I wish I would have known that when I was younger, send me an email, drlj, Dr. Laura Jaggett, drlj at howtolife.com. And uh, I would love to touch base with you on that. You can find my um, mominars on my YouTube channel, How to Life, mm-hmm. and I'm on Instagram, how to, at How to Life Now life now. I'm going to link everything of your socials on the podcast show notes and on the email that goes out. But I just think that this is such a phenomenal idea. And boy, do I wish 
this was around when I was a high schooler, when I was stumbling through my 20s. And yeah, yeah, so do I. Sorry. So do I. And I just and, I want to make it easier. And I think of my kids and their friends who I also consider my kids. Gosh, I, I hope that you guys can latch on to this, you know, sooner than age mm-hmm. 50, <laughs> which is what it was for me. Yeah, just, absolutely. It's going to be such a it's it'll be so much more fun of a ride. You know, to absolutely learn this this stuff quickly, know your power, and then really explode. And I can't wait to see what everyone has to give to this world. I think that if everybody really lived in their power, we would just have an amazing universe. And and not that we don't, but I think that it's very important to be able to know that. I yeah, love I just it. want everyone to. F- I want everyone to learn what I have learned and have as much fun as I'm having. And when everybody's happy and having fun and in their power and doing their thing, we're not going to have to worry about all this nonsense that's going on. That's for sure. Um, I could probably talk to you for another hour or so. I had a great time speaking with you, Julie. This was fun. I know, and I, I love everything that you've shared, and I and I think that we're very like-minded, and I'm so glad that I found you, part of my universe, uh, giving a shout-out to Pat Flynn for bringing yes. such an amazing community. We're going to have to go post and tell everyone that, you know, hey, we talked about it because we love this community, and thank you so much for teaching us so much. So Yeah, yes, that's wonderful. Thank you, Julie. Thanks All so right. Much. Thank you so much. I will talk to you soon, Laura. And everyone, thank you again for joining. Holy cow, El Jefe. Holy cow. Did you like that interview? That was a great interview. I love it. I love Laura. She's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so proud to know someone like her. And you have to check out her YouTube channel, people. She teaches you how to figure out your laundry how to pump gas. Come on, nobody really teaches you this. And in case you don't know about having to change your filter. What filter? For the air conditioning or the heat. Or your the car. Your air filter. I'm not in a car. Check out her, her, her YouTube. She should teach people in New Jersey how to pump gas when they leave their own state. Well, she has a video on how to pump your own gas. It's got 28,000 views. For those that don't know, it's only full serve in New Jersey for those people not in the area. Well, we haven't been to New Jersey in a while. That could have changed. No, they don't trust people. (laughs) You really have something against people pumping, not pumping their gas in Jersey, do you? Um, There's Hmm. another state that doesn't allow you to pump gas, too. Oh, they just changed the law, actually, the Hmm. other state. Well... We've come to the end of this episode, and before we go, I have something exciting to share. You do? Yes. Guess what is happening in, ooh, oh, crap, Friday. This Friday? No, wait a minute. Yeah, Friday. Fry. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell everybody already. Oh, my God. I feel sort of silly talking about me, but this is my podcast. So I will. <laughs> I've never heard you say that you felt silly talking about yourself before. This wow. is a new Julie. <laughs> I do feel a little self-conscious talking about. Well, this is special. Something that's happening. This, this is week. special, incredible, and it's exciting for you. Oh my gosh! Oh, okay. So the pre-launch for Confident You, the book that I've been writing, is coming out and dropping on Amazon, people. So 
If you want to support me or you want to learn a little bit more about what does it take to be a confident you and go confidently after your dreams and learn more about the amazing people who I've learned from and have shared their stories with me. Uh, the book comes out. Um, well, the pre-sale is Friday. Right. The pre-sale. The pre- it'll be available for pre-sale. On Amazon. So all the details are on the book launch page on Facebook. So if you don't have, uh, you know, if you're not a friend there, come join us. And speaking of friends, if uh, you happen to be on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you have, give us a review. That would be the best Christmas gift ever. We want more reviews, please. We would love it if you review us, if you share us, and most of all, if you subscribe. And make sure you mention DeLuca's Intelligent Yeti in the review. That's right. You can mention the Intelligent intelligent wow i'm having a hard time speaking so we better go this is an evil plan i'm trying to make handsome hot husband disappear don't make it disappear people hashtag handsome hot husband on that review hashtag, or on the socials hashtag diy deluca's intelligent yeti oh my goodness all right well it's been a fun week and remember <laughs> Be peaceful, be joyful, but most of all, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly. 
Julie's Mastermind.